Welcome to Fricky Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in our ninth episode. Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Frick. Hello, my name is Patrick and I'm Frack. Frickity Frack, we do talk back. will be a show airing once a week where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. And this season, we are going through the first season of My Hero Academia and how we see lessons from the episodes that connect to the episodes to the teachings in the Bible. Uh, just as many of you are, we are also fans of other things as well. So when we get through the first season of My Hero Academia, uh, we will change things up and go in a different direction, and we'll look at comics, video games, movies, or anything else that we're fans of. Uh, so we got the name for the show from our father, who dubbed us Frick and Frack since we were kids. Right, and we are now on to the ninth episode of the first season of My Hero Academia. This episode is titled, Yeah, Just Do Your Best, Ida. So we start off with news of All Might teaching at UA has leaked to the public. It's caused a media frenzy outside of the school uh, grounds as they're trying to get an interview with with All Might. You know, he's like a everyday, he's like a celebrity. People want to interview him and they now actually know where he's going to be. Same thing happens to celebrities all the time when they know they're shooting somewhere. Media's going to be there. So the class is instructed to choose class reps. And by the suggestion of Ida, they put it to a vote. Most kids wind up actually voting for themselves, while Midoriya gets three votes and Yagi Rosa gets two. At lunch, Ida admits he was one of the people that voted for Midoriya. And he did so because of Midoriya's ability to show quick thinking and uh, stressful situations like the practical exam. And Ida even admits that even though he wants to be the class rep, he doesn't think he is up to the task himself. While, they're, while Ida, Midoriya, and Uraraka are eating lunch, an alarm is sounding declaring that there has been trespassing in, uh, on the school grounds, and it sends the school into a panic. During the panic, Ida is able to deduce the alarm is actually because of the media uh, making their way onto school grounds when they're not supposed to, and that there is actual no reason to panic. It's not an invasion of bad guys. With the help from Uraraka, Ida is able to calm everyone down, and so they make their way back to class, and Midoriya actually steps down as class rep and gives the job to Ida. Aizawa announces that they were going to move to an off-site facility to do uh, rescue training. This off-site facility is called the USJ. When they arrive at the facility and they begin doing it, uh, and they're given instructions, a portal opens up and villains walk out. Although the kids actually think it's a part of the scenario at first, but Aizawa very quickly recognizes, no, this is not the situation as he gets serious, as he puts on his hero goggles. Uh, we have a couple of first appearances uh, in this episode. Uh, there is the hero 13, who is a hero that is basically in a astronaut suit, but has the power of a black hole. Uh, 13 is actually an incredibly powerful hero. Uh, and then we also have the first full appearance of Shigaraki and he, although he, he had a cameo in the previous episode in, in, the end, in an end credit scene where he announced he has he's making plans to kill All Might, uh, but Shigaraki 
fully declares his intentions as a villain in this episode and we'll see we'll hear him uh we'll see more of his actions in the next in the next coming up in the coming episodes uh, as he sets himself up to be the main antagonist throughout the series so there's uh a few things that happen uh, in this episode that are of interest. Uh, and one of them is, you know, Ida's declaration that uh, he's, uh, you know, he's part of the hero family. His older brother is the hero in Genium. And, uh, uh, and so these, these pro families, the, uh, he says they've been heroes for generations. So th- this is kind of like pro hero families are, uh, you know, they're a little bit like the Kardashians or any other family, famous families that you can think of like the Hiltons. Uh, anyone else? I can't really think of anyone. I can't even really think of any that are, you know, necessarily have positive uh, images of themselves. And so, so the culture that these hero families have is that each member of the family will be a, a strong hero uh, and bring honor to the family. Uh, and so it's definitely important to the Eda family just by, you can tell by Eda's character. Uh, and I, I will say, you know, the media thing that, you know, Jeff was talking about with their just, you know, the famous people. When I was in, I went to New York City once and Denzel Washington was there, I kid you not. And there was a literal bubble of paparazzi around him and on top of him and all over. And I actually did get a picture of the back of his head. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, so that's that's totally what happens. I mean, I, I don't even know, I don't know if he was filming, I don't know if he was out at dinner or what. And if I was Denzel Washington, I probably would have had a panic attack and probably started punching paparazzi for being too much in my space. Uh, yeah. But anyways. Yeah. It's, and, and, and you wonder why some of these, you know, you, it makes you wonder, well, it doesn't make you wonder, it makes you understand why so many of these celebrities turn out to be nutcases because they get swarmed and, you know, they don't have moments of peace to themselves and, you know, they can't do anything normal. And I, and you know, there's a, there's a big trade off for it. You know, it's like they're doing something, you know, they're making movies and they're getting paid literally millions of dollars. And, you know, some of these guys will make what they'll make in one movie is 10 times what a lot of us will see in our lifetime. And with just that one movie. So, you know, there's, I know a lot of times the public is not all that sympathetic to media people or to famous people, but you know, there's, there is something to it. It's just like, you know, as somebody, I have met several famous people in different situations and a lot of them will tell you, they really don't like it when you make a big fuss around them because one, it just, it causes them to have a lot more attention on them and they can't do stuff. But if you just talk to them and interact with them like a normal human being, it goes a long way with them. Uh, so yeah, so it's it, it definitely it, and it's it's 
cool with like and they mentioned with Ida that they're they have the family the Ida family agency so it's really cool we'll we'll see we'll get more into how the agencies actually really work in this world uh, a little bit later but uh and then actually it'll be the i believe it's the second season right is that when we really they get into the agency stuff yeah it'll be after the sports festival uh so we'll talk more about how the world works there, but it, it's nice that they start like kind of creaking the door, creaking open the doors. It's like a little more and more. It's like there's this hero agency. So Ida comes from a family of a very, a, a very successful hero family line uh, with a good hero agency. And uh, so it's just, it's just interesting that they open up that world to us a little bit more. And, and again, as they open up the world a little bit to us more, they, uh, Aizawa instructed them. It's like, I don't care how you do it. Just pick a class rep. And uh, so it's just funny that they do the class rep thing. And most, the, and when you think about what you have to do as a class rep, like if you're going to be on the student council, that sort of stuff, there's all this extra stuff that you have to do, like all these extra meetings, all this extra work. And, you know, Midori even mentions like, yeah, most of the time people wouldn't want this job, but in the hero course, everybody wants it because it helps, it helps you get uh, noticed more by the pro agencies uh, because it shows you can lead people, which is very important. And as we get into the structure of how agencies work, it'll, it'll make sense as to why being the class rep is very important to these kids. Yeah, and did you did you know that I was class rep my junior year of high school for my class? No, I had no idea. Yeah, so I was because the way our high school worked, that to be the um, uh, your class rep was in your English class because everyone had to take English, and so right. my junior year I was the one, and I was actually selected by my teacher to be the class rep. Uh, because I was the only like non knucklehead in my class, um, and then the other non knucklehead was my deputy, um, was the deputy rep. Um, it was funny. So she, my teacher, I can't remember her name, but she was scary. Um, uh, she was like, "Listen, normally we just put this to a vote and let everyone kind of pick their person, but can we just skip all that and I'll just tell you who it should be?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." I was like, all right, it's Patrick, and then the backup is so-and-so. I can't remember who it was. Um, but anyways, it was just funny. That, that I was like, I, for, I had forgotten I was the class rep um, for my English class my junior year. I don't remember who my class reps were. Yeah, it was. Not even the slightest. Yep. Because yeah, I didn't important. care. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, yeah, like because the, the thing with the class reps too that I just find interesting with them is just like you know, kids that you wouldn't even think would normally would be like this is the least interesting thing for them to do, even die for like Bakugo is dying to be the class rep, and uh, so it's just you know, this normally a, a Bakugo character has no care, no desire to be something like that, but because of this world, it's something very important, especially with Bakugo's. Oh, Bakugo's goals. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny, um, the, speaking of the class rep thing, um, uh, Ashido, yeah, Ashido, or Pinky, um, gosh, I can't, I can't, I, we just talked about them, uh, you know, last week, but uh, Alien Queen, she cut off Ayama again. And I just found that funny that that's been a recurring gag so far um, uh, this season. I, I don't think it, it definitely doesn't stay that way, but um, it's just funny that that's been a consistent thing uh, so far. So speaking of Bakugo, um, Bakugo, so on the, on the ride to the USJ uh, on the bus, uh, Suyu, uh, Asui, my favorite character in My Hero Academia, um, she's really starting to come out of her shell and is being honest and for, forthright and, uh, you know, makes some comments about Midoriya and everyone's complimenting him for his flashy quirk. And uh, then Bakugo, you know, they're like, yeah, but if anyone's going to be heroes in our class, it's going to be either Bakugo or Todoroki for sure and um but then it's pointed out by sue that uh his anger will keep him from being a popular hero and so then that obviously sets off bakugo um and so when i first encountered bakugo like you know they they talk about him wanting to be a hero i was like man he's just he'd be a great villain he's even got kind of like a villain quirk a little bit you know if you kind of really think about it he causes explosions and um and so then even when they start treating him like this on the bus you know i was like man he might turn to the dark side especially since you know he hates Midoriya and and there's like a they're loving Midoriya and it's flipped on their heads that you know the their power dynamic is that Midoriya is popular and Bakugo is loathed um in this class and that's not what he's used to and I was like man and then he's I think Bakugo is probably gonna start figuring out that All Might favors Midoriya at some point and be just like okay I'm done with this. I'm going to make things on my own. I don't care what I have to do to do it. And then goes to the dark side and becomes a villain. Uh, but obviously that, you know, that is not the case, but that's just kind of what I thought initially with Bakugo's temper. And, you know, you bring up something with uh, Sue and I just absolutely love is that she's actually very astute and that she points out, you know, see, and there's a comment earlier in the episode that they've, this is only their fourth day together. They've only known each other for four days. And she brings up the, it's like, you know, Midoriya, your power is very similar to All Might. And that's, and it wasn't necessarily an accusation or anything like that, but it was definitely just kind of like, you know, there's, there's something similar here. And which, you know, I'll just get, it, it's not necessarily brought up or delved into deeper whether or not Sue is bringing this up, like making an accusation that Midoriya is like All Might's kid or something. Uh, that's not looked into further on on terms of Sue's part, 
but it's just a, you know it shows her astuteness like she even brings up like you know how the different heroes kind of are and how effective they'll be as heroes especially with that comment towards bakugo saying it was just like your personality you, you know you're angry all the time and we we've barely known you we already know you're this angry guy it's gonna hurt you it's really gonna hurt your ability to be a hero and it's funny when, and then they start talking about each other's powers and they start saying you know like who's got these really flashy powers and midoriya fanboys all over all of them they he thinks every superpower is great um it just kind of honestly kind of reminded me of like locker room talk uh back in our high school days you know uh for for those of you that don't know patrick and i were swimmer and water polo players throughout our high school careers and uh you know, it's like, you could tell, like, you know, it's like we could tell as teammates who the really talented ones were and who were the ones that were going to have like legitimate shots at, you know, moving on from high school. Cause like, in cause in all honesty, you know, athletic careers pretty much end at high school, you know, it's really hard to move on after that because it's, you know, the, the, the spots are just not there. Whereas there are so many high schools and there's so many teams and it's a lot easier to make a high school team than it is to make the college, a college team. It's, you know, it, it just kind of reminded me of that, you know, like as they're sitting on the bus, we're talking about who's, you know, it's like they, they recognize the two studs in, in class one, a are Bakugo and Todoroki. Uh, actually, let me correct that. They say Todoroki and Bakugo. They do lead with Todoroki um, as the true studs of the class. These are the guys that are going to be the headliners. Um, so it's just it's just kind of what. And, and then on top of it, too, Midori starts freaking out because they're then they start pe- heaping all this praise on him uh, with his flashy quirk and it, what he's shown so far as in these four days you know, and then on top of it, and then they start, you know, bashing Bakugo and it's like, my world is flipped upside down. This doesn't make sense. I'm used to being picked on, but, and Bakugo used to be the person everybody doted on, but they're making fun of him. The world is not right. So I, you know, this is just, I just, I found the, the bus ride in all honesty was probably the best part of the episode. Oh, absolutely. By far. I love the Kaminari's, comment about Bakugo's personality that it was a flaming pile of garbage with crap smell or something. I can't remember. It was just, it was very colorful language and it embarrassed Uraraka and Momo went, oh, all prissy on them. Oh, I don't know if I should be listening to this kind of conversation. I was (laughs) like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, listen, you're barely wearing clothes. You know, you have no room to talk. <laughs> right. uh, so that was kind of the stuff that interested 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 us in this episode. Uh, and so the biblical theme that Jeff and I found in this episode is is that of leadership, because really, kind of the main theme of this episode is who's going to lead the class. And from the get-go, it was clear that it was going to be Ida, uh, or at least he was going to be the person who wanted it the most. He was very uh, much uh, 
the Leonardo of the TMNT Ninja Turtle show. And, and so just kind of feeding off that, that's one of all of the Ninja Turtle cartoons um, that I have watched. I've, I watched the 87 cartoon, the 2003 se- cartoon series, and the 2012. I have not watched Rise of the TMNT uh, yet it's on my to-do list. It's just not a high priority. Um, but what one of the things I loved about the 2012 series, and that's something that My Hero Academia does as well, so well, is that they do a really good job of capturing capturing what it's kind of like to be a teenager um, in these cartoons. And so Ida is very much like that strong desire to be a leader wants to be the leader of the group so bad that he does everything he could uh, and just really kind of fits into that. And, and so that's one of those things that I kind of related, related to, cause that's all I wanted to be growing up was the leader. Um, Jeff can attest to this, you know, my, you know, my favorite Ninja Turtle as a kid was Leonardo. Uh, and he still is just kind of depending what day of the week is, I kind of flop back and forth between Leonardo and Donatello um uh and then my you know my favorite power ranger was jason the red ranger from mighty morphin and i was devastated when tommy came back and became the white ranger and was the leader of the power rangers like no because he was my favorite wow (laughs) yeah anywho i'm i'm still i'm not bitter about it at all um but yeah, so I always wanted to be the leader. And, and so in high school, like that was the way I was like, I was, you know, I was always wanted to be in charge. I always wanted to, um, uh, you know, sh- really kind of show off to the teachers and coaches in that. And, um, and I, I refer to that personality as Captain Patrick. Uh, and I suppress Captain Patrick as much as possible uh he comes yeah, captain patrick was not well liked no he was not when i was relaxed and, and didn't have you know and i i was relatively well liked um yeah. uh, but yeah captain patrick was not liked um and i regret yeah. that so anyways so we're going to talk about leadership um and the scripture that i found was john chapter 13 uh verses 13 through 17 And this is what the gospel says. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash uh, one another's feet. I have set you an example and that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Uh, so uh, in this scripture, we get uh, a portion uh, from John 13, where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Uh, John 13 is one of my favorite um, chapters in the Bible. Uh, I love foot washing. I think it's one of those spiritual practices uh, that is underutilized in the church. And so, uh, 
uh, in this, you know, there's lots of things to unpack from this. And Ida found uh, that he could actually be a leader because he followed the examples of Midoriya and his brother and what it, mean, what it meant to be uh, a leader and, and to take command of a situation uh, and was able to stop his fellow students from panicking. I and mean, remember, Ida is a first year and they were sitting next to a third year, you know, as well. And none of them were taking leadership. It was the first year, it was Ida. And so that's why his, you know, that really moved Midoriya to give up his class rep spot uh, to Ida because that's what Ida could do. Ida actually was able to command third year students. Um, and, uh, and so, and so something that we, you know, we have to think about with leadership is that leadership, the best kind of leadership makes people better and makes them better of themselves. And Anita was doing this from the beginning. You know, he chastised uh, Midoriya for, uh, because he thought he was trying to distract Uraka before the, the practical exam. He chastised him he chastised Bakugo for disrespecting the de the school desks and, uh, you know, and always wanting them to be orderly and very efficient and always trying to take charge, you know? Uh, and so, he, you know, he, and then he gets a whistle. He becomes class rep. He shows up the next day at school with a whistle. I mean, who does that? I mean, Captain Patrick, Captain Patrick. Patrick hey, Captain Patrick never showed up with his own whistle. Okay. He, if I ever had a whistle, Coach Tyler gave it to me. So there. Um, I never brought my own. Um, and so as Christians, um, I use this chapter when I teach in this section of scripture, I, I, I use it to teach about servant leadership uh, and to be a, a true leader as Christians, we lead through service. And we serve others by putting their needs ahead of our own. Um, and so foot washing is an act where we take on the lowly status of a servant and do something that is intimate and, and it could potentially be viewed as degrading. Now, it's not a degrading thing when it's done in this, ma this manner, but it was servant's work. It was, you remember, these people walked everywhere and not everyone had shoes. Uh, you only had shoes if you were considered a free person. Uh, and so if you were, you know, enslaved or indentured in any form, you didn't have shoes. So when you walked, you walked, you walked on the rocks, you walked on the dirt, you walked on the roads where there's other people's blood, there's mud, there's dirt, there's everything imaginable on the ground that you were going to have to walk through. And so to enter someone's home, you would have to wash their feet and to clean them uh, as an act of love and service. And so Jesus doing that to his disciples, he was their Lord. He was their teacher, yet he washed their feet. And so we are called to do that as Christians for those around us, not just our family and friends. Yes, we, we should do that. We should wash their feet. We should wash the feet of, our, of strangers, of people who hate us, who don't care about us and truly, truly wash their feet and serve them.
to the best of our ability. Yeah. And one of the things when it comes to leadership and one of the things that I've always really appreciated about when you're following the example of servant leadership, the example that was always taught to me was think of leadership like a ladder. With leadership, when you, and when you think about the way that the world works, being a leader means you're climbing up rungs of the ladder to the point where you're on top and everybody looks down on you. True Christian leadership is climbing down the rungs. It means you're taking a backseat to your needs. You're willing. It means you're going to have to do things that are probably going to go a little under, uh, go not just a little, but a lot unappreciated. People are not going to always not, not necessarily recognize all of the things that you do behind the scenes, but these are things that, you know, you just know you got to get them done. This is how I need to serve my people. This is how, how I need to serve my, uh, pe- uh, my, my circle of influence by doing these things. So I'm going to do it. And where we struggle with is to whether or not how much we're going to complain about doing these, some of these things. But as we're, as, as you take that step down, you recognize, Oh my goodness, who's been doing this until I started doing it. Um, Like, like for instance, one of the things that was my job when I was a, uh, an apprentice campus minister was my job was to clean the baptistry. And let me tell you, that was an annoying job because there would be these dust ceiling particles that would fall into the baptistry and it would get like all dusty and nasty. And so my job was once a week, I'd have to go in and skim out all of the dust particles. And let me tell you, I really recognize when, because there, there'd be times where I'd slack on that and I'd miss like a week or two. Let me tell you, it made it worse. Um, and so that's just something that we need to appreciate the servants that are around us that are doing things to, that we wouldn't necessarily, that we don't think of, you know, that's honestly, sometimes it's the best thing leaders can do is that we're doing stuff and nobody even knows where you're doing it because things are running so smooth that it doesn't draw any attention to it. It's, you know, like we would run events for our campus ministry and everything would run like clockwork. Everything would run smooth. And they had no idea how many hours or all the different hoops that we'd have to jump through in order to get the event to be, to even be done as, you know, especially trying to pull something off on a college campus can be very challenging. Um, And so it's just, people don't always recognize how much work is is being done because it if things run right you never know you don't have to know these things and so that same thing when we're trying to lead when you know if like for instance when Edith's trying to lead the best thing he can do sometimes is actually take take a step back and see where things are lacking and where he can help with those things it's the same thing when we as we lead our we lead people in our lives is take a step back look around and see what needs to be done and just go and do it. So just like, for instance, in this scenario, in this chapter 13, when Jesus is talking about leadership, when he washes the cert, washes everybody's feet, this was something that should have been done. This, you know, this was, it was a custom that uh, somebody would wash their feet. 
Well, nobody did it. And so Jesus did it. And obviously, when you read in further context of the chapter, there's a lot more to it than just Jesus doing it because nobody else did it. But it is a part of what he he showed as a leadership. It was needed to be done. And he needed to show the apostles there is nothing when it comes to leading people to Christ that is above you. When it comes to doing stuff to the glory of the kingdom, there's nothing that's above you. The, uh, or, the, or, the, you know, or this is, there's nothing that's beneath you, I mean. I'm sorry. There is nothing that's beneath you. If you see, you know, it's like just, just for an example, you're at church and you notice a candy wrapper on the ground. How many people are going to walk by and just leave that candy wrapper on the ground and wait for the janitor who the church pays for to clean things, to do, go and do it? Really? You're going to, you're really going to just let a candy wrapper sit there and not pick it up. It's not that hard. It's just, it's stuff that needs to be done. And that's, and that's truly a leader is recognizing what needs to be done and doing it. And sometimes the jobs are not pretty. Uh, they're not always the super fancy flashy superpower like Midoriya has. Sometimes they're the hardening pork like Hiroshima. Yeah, and so remember that you know, with with leadership and and doing these kind of things, that you know, if, it's a cliche, but you know, what would Jesus do? Remember that, and I I love the the joke and the meme that's around on the internet that when someone asks you that question, remind people that flipping over tables and chasing someone with a whip is within the realm of possibility. Uh, remember, he only did that once, uh, <laughs> and for a very good reason. Most of the time, he acted with compassion and grace and mercy. Um, so, it's actually the uptight snobs, uptight religious snobs that he actually had most of his problems with. Yep. So, also remember that in your leadership moments. Um, I just would have loved to have seen what Jesus did with Captain Patrick. Um, <laughs> uh uh, and so just you know remember that with with leadership that you know uh, take heed as example or think and and so think of the leaders in your life that show great servant leadership and call on their memories because there are their actions and and your memories of them and how they did things and do think and maybe try to, to mimic that a little bit that you know paul said that he was like you know you can follow my example because i'm following christ's example so if you go back far enough eventually you'll the the person you are choosing to follow will be someone who is following christ like will be intimately following christ's example like one of the 12 disciples or something like that uh if you go back far enough but uh just so so remember that in your leadership so now is the time where we rate the episode. Um, so funny thing with with anime, uh, sometimes there'll be episodes that are what's called filler and it won't have uh, and filler episodes or and sometimes even full filler arcs like and I'm looking at you Naruto and, and Bleach and Fairy Tale. 
Um, Fairy Tail wasn't as bad as the other two, but Bleach and Naruto were terrible. Uh, and there, so there won't be any. They won't be canon. They generally won't get callbacks. Uh, but something that Fairy Tail would do is that they would have half filler episodes where like the first half of an episode would be the conclusion to a previous story arc. And then the second half of the episode would be uh, canon and lead into the upcoming story arc. That would drive me nuts with fairy tale. Um, And so, um, and so this episode felt like that, like the first half of this episode was filler, Mm -hmm. but it, this whole episode was canon and uh it just was slow but what it has going for it was that it was a um it was world building but also had some great little character moments um so for me i'm gonna give it a a 3.75 uh because of the cool little teases of the world building and then also the great character moments, like Jeff was saying, that the best scene in this entire episode was the bus. Um, I mean, that stuff was that was just great. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll actually give it a, I'll actually give it just a a, C, a three, just meh. Because um, again, you know, the class rep thing is a majority of the episode, and it's not like it even like hides it like there's no suspense with it it's like we know Ida's going to be the class rep like you you just watch it and you realize it's going to be Ida don't and you know they throw the the quote the the slight curveball and that Midoriya actually gets it uh but then he steps down which ironically you know Ida only becomes the class rep because Midoriya says I think Ida should be it. And then the classmates are like, well, if Midoriya says Ida should be our class rep, then all right, Ida can be our class rep. So is Ida really your class rep? No, it's actually Midoriya. Uh, <laughs> so um, poor Momo. Uh, she, she actually got two legitimate votes. And the guy that got the job says he doesn't want it. So shouldn't it go to Momo? I digress. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, and, and then the bus scene is really cool. You know, it really did. It honestly, 100% reminded me of being in the, in the locker room uh, with our teammates uh, back in high school. Um, and then it's going to set and, and then it sets up like it, really what this episode does. The whole point of this episode was to set up how the season is going to end because uh, we're we're on the last uh, few episodes this this last arc at the usj is going to complete season one um so i'm just going to give it a three and and it's not that it's like oh that's a three it's just that again not a whole lot happens uh ida's made class rep and the the villains show up at the very end um so the next few episodes are going to be great um gonna be very very high rated but this one not so much just because again not a lot happens and it's not but there are good character moments so that's why it doesn't go below a three um but it's just it's it's there yeah 
Alrighty. So anyone with questions for us about biblical lessons uh, that we talked about in this episode or other discussion from anime, comics, or anything in general, uh, feel free to email us at frickityfracktalkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at frickityf or frickityfrack on Instagram and Facebook. And just know that you guys are deeply loved and go plus ultra. <laughs>